A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. It's mentally yours from Ellen and Welcome to Mentally Yours, Yvette and Ellen making the best mental health podcast in the whole of Bills in West London. We're talking mental health issues every week at the moment. You know your big time when you hit episode six. Um, and this week we're talking about family, which can occasionally be a bit shit, but what happens when your parents bum you out a bit too much, like more than the normal amount? Our guest today is John Salmon. John's family has a history of mental health issues. We're on for some psychosis, suicide and WhatsApp groups. Mental health has affected me personally and also has been a, you know, a problem within my family as well. Um, personally, when I was 22, it was the turn of the millennium, um, and I was kind of the stress of um, a first job and, yeah, really just taking on too much and really, I guess, not dealing with the death of my dad who had... Um, took his own life and so he and and really probably I think my that was the real thing for me um not talking about mental health and dealing with my dad's suicide then ended up kind of causing me problems as well further down the line as well and me ended up you know attempting to take my own life as well when your dad took his own life was that something you talked about with your family or was there kind of a grieving period or was it a silent thing yeah so there was no no real talking. Um, yeah. I'm the youngest of um, two, I've got two amazing older brothers. Yeah. Um, so really, we just kind of were there. For, wanted to be there for my mum to support my mum. My mum was also incredibly strong as well. And so you know, as a unit, we just really kind of 
you know, when my dad had been ill, we hadn't really talked to anybody about it. Um, we had kept it very close within the family. Um, we obviously all helped, hoped he was going to get better. Um, sadly, he didn't. And then so when, when he did take his life, it was like almost, well, we hadn't been talking about it as family. Yeah. We hadn't really been talking to anybody else about it. So why start talking now? And so we just kind of buried it, tried to be really supportive of my mum and get on with life and just not talk about it. It was that not talking mm. that then, yeah, caused my own mental health problems. And I kind of really link those two, two events quite closely. Mm. Um, maybe I still would have had that psychotic episode and got very stressed and suicidal. You know, I guess, you know, I, I'm not the professional to kind of look at what the genetics is of, of depression. And, but, you know, I think obviously the impact of not dealing with my dad's definitely kind of was, was a reason for why I ended up having problems later on um, in my kind of early kind of mid-teen mm. years. Do you think you noticed in your childhood or when you were younger generally that your dad was having depressive episodes? Was there anything that sort of stood out? Not particularly. So, um, yeah, so we had, um, you know, I think quite a normal-ish kind of um, yeah, happy kind of family lifestyle. My dad um, was quite had his own business and um, he was very involved in kind of different local kind of charities and ac activities and so yeah I kind of just thought we were kind of quite straightforward family that lived in the home counties um, mm. and you know I guess being the youngest as well it's only now when I look back at probably key incidents that happened for my dad that I just wasn't aware that he was probably under quite a lot of stress so there was kind of the, the recession that happened in kind of the 80s where he ended up, his business that he had, they, that, that ended up having to close. Um, I'm sure that was incredibly stressful um, that I wasn't aware of. And we also then, a number of years later, decided to move house. And that really was the first time where I think whatever else was going on in life that was kind of the trigger for kind of taking on something maybe too much we were moving to a new house that needed a lot of work and that's where for him the, de the kind of the depression kind of kicked in and that that was there for a you know at least a year mm. um mm. and then you know we just again as kind of saying we just hoped he was going to get better and he was going to get the right treatment mm. but there was no talking therapies it was just very much take antidepressants and it, I guess in those yeah. days it was still quite early antidepressants as well mm. um, you know my family life I've actually looked back on being very enjoyable and with obviously yeah. a, a moment of of real sadness and 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 kind of trauma but um, yeah I think for some people a lot of people don't understand depression in general or I mean it's for you, you've sort of seen it sort of outside looking in to see your dad and also you've experienced it yourself. Mm. Um, when you were sort of seeing your, your dad go through that, was there anything in particular that he did sort of like maybe not getting up or what were the kind of things, how did it manifest? Yeah, so as a teenager, you know, it's kind of like I'm the one that should be staying in bed late and kind of, you know, not getting dressed and... You know, you look up to your parents when you're younger as the, the ones who are the role models that should be showing you what to do. And then if, if a parent is then suffering from depression and they're doing, you know, sitting around watching daytime TV, and especially if there's somebody you look up to that was always very active and seeing that transition, um, you, yeah, that was a real big, you know, problem for me 
that how to deal with, um, yeah, my dad just being very, very depressed. Mm. But it didn't feel like my position as, you know, his son to be telling him what to do. How old mm. were you? So I, I was kind of, so it's when I was 17, yeah. kind of 16, 17. Sometimes when he seemed more motivated with, with um, doing things was actually probably seemed like in his mind he was more made up of with what he that he didn't really want to hang around mm. so sometimes actually uh, he tried to take his life a few times and but when I look back actually the times when he what was showing the signs of somebody that was like oh great he's dad's up and yeah. you know and he wants to go let's go and get fish and chips or something um, but soon after those kind of peaks there would have been attempt for him to have taken his life and mm. um yeah so it, yeah it was super super really really hard um mm. yeah dealing with that with a, a parent that's suffering from depression is there any sort of advice that you could give um anyone that does have a parent or relative dealing with depression yeah i so yeah a number of things um yeah talking is just trying to have those trying to just it's really really difficult if we're kind of trying to sw switch the roles where you almost you're the adult yeah. talking to, to to your 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 mum or dad the um i didn't ask my dad what was causing his, causing his depression i didn't have those direct ask him those direct questions i really wish i had asked more direct questions rather than just guess kind of walk around kind of eggshells mm -hmm. so I'd, I'd think yeah if I had that time again I would really be asking him like why are you feeling like this what can I do to help but mm. I don't think I asked that enough yeah that's so difficult when mm. you're that age especially mm. yeah and especially because I think as a teenager as well you're kind of like you don't really like your parents <laughs> at that time <laughs> yeah, to begin yeah. with and you're yeah. like can I help you do I even want to know what's going yeah. on you're not thinking Correct. in that kind of Correct. sense but in terms of sort of support, like f for young people generally, because yeah. obviously there's only so much they can do because it's, I mean, it's, this is a serious illness, you know. Correct. So, yeah. how could, are there organisations, do you know, where you can, young yeah. people can talk to other people in this sort of situation or? Yeah, so uh, for, for me anyway, um, what's been incredibly important, I've been very lucky to have a small group of friends that I, um, that I've known from college that I, I can go and talk to and still talk to this to this day and we're very spread around the country in different locations and we use kind of WhatsApp to kind of keep mm -hmm. in touch. I think if you can talk to a friend or, or even if they are a distance away, use Messenger or something to kind of check in and, and chat. Um, as far as other groups that's out there, obviously there's, um, if you need to talk, kind of the Samaritans and and you know mind also have some incredible kind of support as well and and calm again you know you can contact them to kind of have like kind of web chats uh, that mm. with different people to talk it through then so that's really important just mm. to sort of say that as well because it's not just for people who are experiencing mental health issues it is relatives as well isn't it and yeah. sort of people who are sort of affected by it as well yeah completely um but talk, any kind of talking i think is 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 really really helpful um and and so and that can be yeah through official kind of more official routes yeah through charities or through your gp or just finding a friend that's going to properly listen mm. and um yeah just really so you can feel like you can talk talk it through in terms of your own experience of mm. depression and well attempting suicide um how would you describe 
depression. So when we've had people on the shows before, they've sort of described anxiety, like sort mm. of ticking clocks mm. and things, and um, yeah, just different conditions. So like for someone who's no idea of, of mental illness at all, yeah. how does it sort of feel for you? Yeah, so for me personally, it just was a bolt out of the blue. Um, there was maybe somebody that was watching me could have like said, oh, that's a mm. real telltale sign that something's going to happen. But personally, I woke up one morning completely freaked out um, and, you know, I was really paranoid. Um, I'd overslept. Um, my girlfriend at the time had already gone to work and I just felt really, really nervous and really scared. I remember looking out, the, pulling back the curtains, looking out onto the main road, thinking somebody was in the other house across the road looking at me, and I was just really super scared. I, I called my brother. Luckily, he, he came to pick me up, took me home. And, yeah, so for, for me, it was... There was no, like, other, you know kind of build up yeah it was like you know since being described as a psychotic episode mm. um that then i think because it wasn't i was, I was then ended up being um, back to my mum's and then i think a gp or a doctor came over to the house i was then sec sectioned and then taken into hospital mm. um because i didn't you know i think the way the NHS was at the time. Again, I was on the same path that my dad was put on. Yeah. I was given tablets. Mm. Um, goodness knows, that whole period is a complete fog to me mm. um, when I was in hospital. I yeah. finally came out of hospital on, on more tablets, no talking therapies. And that's to me, is where the depression kicked in yeah. because I didn't have anybody to talk to. I was taking these tablets and, yeah, I just was... I wasn't at my house anymore in London. I was at my mum's back in my bedroom um, thinking, what the hell am I doing here? And, um, yeah, and then that got progressively worse. I, you know, and again, uh, you know, I ended up in a, you know, in a situation where I just thought, yeah, what's this? And, you know, I've had enough. Um, and, yeah, then, you know, went and bought some tablets and, and you know, again... After taking those after a while, again, I called my brother and luckily a friend was nearby and he was able to drive me to the hospital. And that's really when I was able to get the right help mm. because luckily my mum had realised that I had private medical health insurance through the company I worked for. And that's what changed the course for me. That got me um, private treatment that, that ended up with me being a day patient getting talking therapies. And if that money hadn't been there if that health insurance hadn't been there yeah. I wouldn't I don't know if I'd still be here today and as I started to talk more openly about mental health from the start of this year I've had these rose tinted glasses on that actually well it can't be any worse what's at the NHS than what my dad and I experienced it's got to be at least slightly mm. better but as I've talked to people about it you know yes there is the stigma is starting to drop but you know, there's still such pressure, as we all know, on the NHS. And mental health is still not being treated in parity with physical health. No. And people aren't getting the right treatment. They may, you know, they get 10 minutes in front of a GP to kind of put their um, problems out there. Guys, we're absolutely rubbish at going to the GP. I never go to the doctor. And if I am going to go to the doctor, um, 
I don't think, you know, it's going to necessarily, the first thing on my list is going to be talking yeah. about how I feel. It'll mm. be having, like, you know, something about to fall off my body, I think. And so all of those reasons kind of really, you know, impound it why it's really difficult for guys to kind of talk mm. and and get access to, to mental health, yeah. um, the right kind of provision. So you mentioned in there that you were sectioned at one point. Yeah. How much of a blur is that? Because as a word, I think sectioned is quite a, a scary word to people. They don't really mm. necessarily know what it is. Mm. Although I do appreciate at the time, it's not like you were there taking notes about it. Yeah. Um, it's, is there, could you describe that time to us at all? Yeah, so... Yeah, two two words have really kind of horrified me, I guess, um, in talking about my personal story. One of them, yeah, it's the two S's, yeah, it's suicide in sections. Mm. Um, when I first put pen to paper to try and write my story down, those are the two words that I, yeah, were just like, yeah, dreadful words. And and but but what's been quite liberating is actually the last few months talking about those words and trying to take the stigma out of it mm. you know that you mentioned that you know within men you know suicide is under the age of 45 is the biggest killer yeah. and we don't use that word and and actually maybe if we started to use and talk about the words suicide and se- sections as horrible as we think they are now if we do openly speak about them in in years to come they will hopefully lose their mm. the impact that they have um so the the period when i was sectioned yeah it's a complete blur um mm. i don't i don't remember any of it really other than that yeah i was told that i was then in a hospital in a mental health ward that i couldn't really leave and i guess um yeah then where over the last kind of 17 years where I haven't talked about my mental health problems that happened to me, mm. um, those those were the two words. If I was going to talk about the problems I had, those would be the two words that I would never mention. Yeah. Um, but it's really been with the Heads Together campaign and the work that I've been doing with different mental health charities that actually I've now started to realise if I talk about them, then it will help reduce reduce the stigma around those words. What made you feel able to start talking about mental health? Because I think for men especially, it's so difficult to bring it up. So for me, um, for me, the reason why I've gone from 17 years not really talking about it to then being so open um, was actually the death of a close friend um, last year. So the anniversary, the first year anniversary was just literally a few days ago. And she had her second child um, and was suffering from postnatal depression and incredibly sadly unbeknown to me I didn't know she was having any problems um, kind of lost touch but you know all sense of world of Facebook or whatever I thought yeah. everything was going great and so it was a massive bolt out of the blue to find out that she had taken her own life um, and to me in 2016 I was like shouldn't have happened mm. she should have been able to get the right help she shouldn't have had you know she shouldn't be dead you know yeah. she should still be here and um and that was the trigger for me that was the trigger for running the london marathon um for for raising money and awareness around mental health um because i don't want to lose another friend or somebody i know to to suicide and that that was it it was almost like right i've had enough um 
whatever. If it impacts my job or impacts kind of people that I know and what they think of me, I don't, I don't care. And um, I'm not going to let, um, well, do my damnedest for friends, family, not to find themselves in that situation. Mm-hmm. And um, what's been so positive about talking openly and I think we, there is a real shift this year. There's how okay. new suicide has been reported, how mental health has been reported, footballers being sectioned. Mm-hmm. It is changing. Newspapers are changing how they report that. Journalists are report, changing how they report it. Um, and so I do think there is a turning point that, that is happening. Um, but, yeah, that was my reason for, 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 for starting to speak out. Um, and, but I was incredibly worried <laughs> initially yeah. um, how how there's things I talked about that I shared in my blog that I haven't shared with some of my closest friends and, and family. Um, but I just determined just really to, yeah, that I need to kind of whatever small thing I can do to get kind of the word out there about talking about mental health and, yeah, particularly encouraging guys to, to do the same as well. I think it's so important. Something I'm extremely annoyed about this week is clothing companies that have the abbreviation OCD and they use it to spell like a fun phrase like obsessive creative disorder or obsessive cats disorder. Oh my word. Which those are genuine real t-shirts I've seen on the same website this week. Um, And I just, it pissed me off massively because OCD is not a fun catchy thing about cats or being creative mm. it's a serious mental condition and you wouldn't do that with like spelling out cancer with like cats oh cool mm. I'm not going to continue with N-C-E-R because that's difficult I don't know why have everyone has such an issue with um, OCD like, it's like they can't seem to take it seriously it's very it's very weird to me like like you say it's not they wouldn't sort of joke around like that with cancer or with a physical illness. Yeah. So or I don't know why they think it's all right to yeah, put it on branded clothing or even just sort of say, oh, I'm a little bit OCD. Well, I mean, are you? Because, I mean... <sighs> no, you're not. You're just a bit clean. That yeah. would be great. I will swap you being clean for actually having OCD and being, you know, yeah, not able to sleep because you have to keep checking the door is closed. Yeah. It's well, just- that's the thing. I mean, a lot of the time, having OCD has nothing to do with cleaning or anything. I mean, it's obsessive thoughts isn't it it's oh yeah it's ridiculous also i mean taking it in like in the fashion context that's just weird in itself isn't it it's just like oh here's this trendy thing to have or be yeah it's very odd i just don't know how because also the thing that worries me is that how many variations there are must mean that someone is buying them someone is buying obsessive cats disorder on a t-shirt and Mm. i want to meet them and just be like don't do this. If you like cats, just wear a cat on your T-shirt yeah. or own a cat. Well, that would look a lot better anyway. Just exactly. have a picture of a really cute cat on your T-shirt. It just looks very stupid to have OCD spelling out obsessive cats disorder. It yeah. implies that you don't know what OCD stands for. Yeah. So stop doing it. Stupid crap, my brain has told me. That's oh, stupid, 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 Weird thoughts that I've had um, generally. Well, I suppose it's slightly disconcerting because the past week I haven't had any particularly weird thoughts. I've been sleeping fairly well. Um, I haven't been sleeping for too long, so 
when I've had really bad depressive episodes, I've slept for ages and I've sort of done this weird thing before where I've like, didn't really have the energy to kill myself, but at the same time, like, didn't want to live. So I just slept for ages. And then when I'm manic, I kind of don't really get any sleep at all because I'm too busy buzzing about. But anyway, sleep at the moment is kind of fine, so that's good. Mood at the moment is sort of fine. But yeah, there is always that kind of thing kind of hovering over that's that's sort of like, what's going to change it? So, you know, for instance, if I started dating someone new... (laughs) That would that, be like... Yeah, that changes things. Is that going to knock things out of kilter? So, yeah, I'm a, I'm a bit sort of scared, I suppose. Even if it's sort of... Because when you're single, you're kind of in control of your emotions. Yes. So when you're sort of... You, when you start seeing someone, you're like, oh, crap, I don't have control of the, those emotions. Yeah. It's like someone has input into that now. So, yeah... That is scary. Things are reasonably okay, but not completely okay. That's always... I think also, whenever I'm happy, I'm like, this is too risky. I don't want to lose this nice happiness, which is a really miserable thought. Oh, but I get that all the time, yeah. Especially sort of having bipolar disorder. Because it is like this massive sort of scale. So it's just like, well, I don't want to get too happy because then I'll go mad. And it's like, yeah, with with kind of relationships and and love as well. It's like... really emotional things have triggered things before so I'm like well I don't want to get too happy you know too happy because I don't want to fall too in love because then I'll get mad or like at the same time I don't want to break up because then I'll get depressed so yeah it's oh god it's fun fun and exciting (sighs) it's great fun yeah young love so this is goodbye from mentally yours so go away enjoy your day get on with all your chores from If you've suffered from suicidal thoughts or any of the issues discussed here in Bills, please get in touch with the Samaritans, samaritans samaritans.org, or call for free on 116123. Or if you have any questions about any of the issues we discussed or any comments, you can tweet us at at Yvette and at Ellen C. Scott or our new Twitter, which is at Mentally Yours, which is Y-R-S, because we couldn't get full Mentally Yours. Thank you so much to our ace guest, John. Mentally Yours is brought to you by Metro.co.uk. Our producer is Sam Bonham with those lush jingles from Lucy Baker. See you in seven days. <laughs>